Welcome back to the Risk Report. This is episode number 88. Today is Sunday, October 9th. And I'm back <laughs> after a whole nother month. Um, I appreciate you guys rocking with me. I've had a good month. I guess maybe that's what it is. I just live life and then I come back and I share my thoughts or all of that. And even though I say it on every start of every podcast, that I do. I am going to be having some guests on <laughs> very soon, I promise. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm going to have Matt Brown on Friday. That one's booked in and hopefully, you know, the stars align, we get it happening and we get the soul fam ambassador himself, Mr. Matt Brown in here. And I'd be very honored to have him on as a guest. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that aspect again out of the podcast. Um, and now that I'm more in with soul fam, which is a collective of musicians up here in West Palm and, and the Palm beach area and also Broward and, you know, it's, it's really South Florida. It's starting to spread and, um, I'm just honored and stoked to be a part of it. Um, I've talked about moving up here a little bit and how music has kind of pulled me back in, right? Um, last two years, I really wasn't performing or doing anything like that musically. I was just more of a homebody. I was working on music and writing and stuff, but not really as, as uh, in tune with it or, I don't know. It was more finding a sound and, and laying low. Um, and now I come out here and, and music has completely pulled me back in, sucked me back in, um, just started performing and, and being out there. And so they put me on a show. We had a show last night uh, called The Get Down on the 500 block. I think I may have spoken about it in the last podcast. And it was a fucking great show. They, they've been putting on, like, thank you, Subculture. I really want to get to meet the people at Subculture because they are very supportive of the the arts and the music in this area. And it's been a blessing to to be a part of because that's what I crave. You know, this is what I uh, want to surround myself with. And to have the opportunity to do it, it's, you know, it's warm is the way that I could describe it. So thank you to Subculture. Thank you to Matt Brown. Thank you to Soul Fam. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And it's great to see everybody sharing their talents. I was the first one to go. <laughs> I was the first one to go, right? I opened the fucking show. So it's, it had a lot of, um, it had some pressure to it, I guess. And people were giving me props for, I guess, that after because it was raining. It got delayed two hours. I performed in the rain. You know, after that, everyone else was like, it, the, it cleared up and shit. 
I had to be the sacrificial pawn for the gods, the rain gods to go away. Right. I, um, I opened up and, and honestly, I thought it sounded great. It seemed like people were vibing. Everyone was like under tents and shit and like off in the back and, and by the bars and stuff. So it wasn't like I had a big crowd there, but I noticed after, after performing, it started to die down with the rain and everyone really surrounded the stage. And, um, and then from there on, it was a great night. So I kind of kicked things off and I think for the style of music and what I was putting out there, fuck it, you know, it, it works. It's got a bit of a gritty grungyness to it. And, um, and it's been great to see people really like it. Um, and I have, you know, I appreciate the the criticisms too. I appreciate the constructive criticisms, you know. Um, but everyone always kind of, uh, how can I put it? Like everyone really sees something there with what I got. They they like my sound. They like my voice. And I'm very self-conscious about the voice. I'm not too self-conscious to not go do it. But I do have that, you know, I listen to other people sing and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's singing. You know, that's really good. <laughs> I can't fucking do that, right? That's probably a natural human response. But I can do my thing. And it's beautiful that everyone can do their thing and it sound good. And the energy, you know, something about music. It's really just frequencies, right? If you want to break it down to science and all that, it's just these frequencies, these waves, and and the manipulation of those waves can really create an energy and an atmosphere in the air. You know, it is electric. <clears throat> and so to be a part of that and to be a, a vessel, I think that's what we are. As, um, as, as artists, as musicians, you're almost a vessel to to that this frequency that you're creating and so it's a very special thing to be a part of and i look forward to doing more you know it was a it was a good night <clears throat> it was a good night so soul fam yeah i've got a lot of ideas and i just need to do my part and and uh and help out in as, as many ways as i can and add you know bring bring the value i could bring as well and and you know work hard for them too i feel it i feel it it's got me back out here making music and um wanting to create content and uh i'm even doing some content for the studio for the homie lorenzo at influence studios we're doing um every two weeks i'll go there for like one of the long longer sessions or a couple sessions and I'll just take pictures with the nice camera. I'll, you know, take videos. And we've been putting it out on, you know, just so they have something for, for the Instagram. So started doing some of the content stuff. And it's just good to be more involved. You know, have a role. There we go. That's a better way is to have a role in it. And because I always felt like. I do have a role in this for some reason. There's a reason I'm writing these these songs and, and putting these melodies together and, you know, 
it just flows out. And so that's, you can't deny it when you have something like that. And that's not me. Like, I just say it and I share it because I want people to find that for them, for themselves. So when I share this on the podcast and I'm talking to people when they're hearing it, I want to share the passion and love that I have and, and, um, purpose it has given me in life in hopes that they can find purpose for themselves and, and, or if they know what their purpose is to go for it and, you know, do what they can to it, you know? Um, so yeah, always been, always been, uh, somehow in these situations, if I'm to reflect on music, it has been, uh, like I said earlier, something that always pulls me in. I'll drift away from it for, you know, that it seems to be two year intervals. And, um, and then I come back a little stronger every time. But music for me was something I don't even know. My earliest recollections for music would be, you know, wanting to play guitar and asking my parents for a guitar, but being too lazy to sit there too ADD. I totally had ADD. If they were doing Adderall in the nineties, I would have been put on it. You know, um, I could not fucking focus and, uh, I was bouncing off the walls, but they also just saw it as he's just being a kid. Right. So I got to grow up with, I'm, I am the result of what happens when you don't medicate ADD, I think, or ADHD or whatever. I think they're just, I don't really, now I'm going to go off on a side tangent, but I don't really um, subscribe to the idea of, of labeling these as mental disorders or anything like that, because it's just they're, we're human beings who for a long times, you know, did other things than just, I don't know, make money and, and have this monotonous scheduled life, you know? And so, um, it's only natural for human beings because that's what children are, human beings, right? To, if they're put in a situation where they can't focus or don't want to focus or it's boring to them or their, their mind is somewhere else, that's when you start seeing the reactions because that's what people do. If you if they do that to adults, you know, you see adults freaking out <laughs> if they're put in a situation or go turn to their phone or, you know, it's everyone's got it. It's just to various degrees. But back to the whole music thing. Um, my earliest thing with it was wanting to play. My parents got me a guitar, I think, for, for my birthday. And I was always able to like mess around and make, so I had some rhythm, probably not hitting good notes or nothing like that, but I had good rhythm to make up sounds. I'd hear sounds. Well, what does this do? What does this do? And I could do that. And, um, I remember my mom, she got, got me signed up to this jazz band for the elementary school. It was at this school I was going to in Puerto Rico, but this was like a full on, like they were a big band and, they all were crushing and I was very intimidated. I'm like, Ooh, I do not belong here. And I didn't belong there. And the guy was very reluctant to have me. I remember that he would have to teach me. He was pissed that he had to teach me. It's like, dude, I'm 
I'm nine years old. I'm, <laughs> you know, so he wanted people that already could play. And um, when it happened, when we did the show, I'm nine years old. This is for the elementary school pep rally. So, you know, grades one through probably, I don't know, five or eight or there. And um, I just remember going up and playing the parts that they showed me on the guitar. But I was more of a showman. So I stood up at the front and I was like really pretending to rock or thinking that I'm hitting the notes good. And so I'm playing, I'm playing, and literally a sea of kids come up to the stage and they're all like, ah, ah right? And I had this, it'll, it'll never fade, fade my mind, that memory of, that vivid memory of seeing all these kids rush the stage and people like jumping over towards me, right? And that was the earliest memory of music I had. And I, I remember this very vividly too, because it's hilarious. I turn back and I'm like, wow, we had a great show type of look. And I'm looking at everyone. Everyone's like, wow, this was good. And I look at my guitar and it was fucking pulled from the amp. So the guy <laughs> totally pulled it. He's like, I'm not having this dude play it. He's going to fucking ruin the sound. And he probably just pulled it. And I thought I was sounding great the whole time. I was like, I'm a fucking rock star. But I played the part and it brought the people in and I did what I needed to do. Right. It probably set me on this trajectory. <clears throat> and so I always been fond of music from there, always wanted to play. But I couldn't or I just didn't have the f focus and the drive to sit there and really learn how to play. Um, but I did have the, the knack for writing and I started writing little songs. And uh, I think I was like 11 writing little poems and giving them to girls here I wrote you this <laughs> just a little fucking romantic dude right heartbreak kid over here and um yeah I, I would do that in like fifth grade write little poems and then in middle school by the time i was in eighth grade we i started making i think it was seventh and eighth grade i started making songs and it was really badly recorded songs, I think, from, I don't even know how we recorded it, through the phone or something with a beat next to it. And it was just these terrible quality songs, but they were spoof songs. So I'd take a hit song and I would, um, I would redo the lyrics. So I did like Chris Brown's With You and just made it this like stupid ass song. Um, and same with like boom, boom, pow, and just terrible, terrible stuff, you know, but it, it was funny and I'd put it out on MySpace. Yeah. We'd put it out on MySpace. And so that I was doing that, just being a joker. I was like, I'm not, none of this is serious. Right. Sound terrible. Probably if I, if I found them and then, uh, high school rolls around i think by the end of eighth grade that summer when high school freshman year rolled around that's when i got linked up with scalco who was an older i think he was a junior in high school and um he said hey you want to record i heard you record these songs and stuff and he just brought me in and recorded and that's when i started writing different stuff that was like probably the first uh real rap I wrote or something like that where I where I was trying to be more serious 
And then in high school, it got to like a darker. And then in high school, I, you know, freshman year, I kind of did that a little bit and dozed off from it, didn't think of it. And um, my homie Chase was a big, big inspiration and drive into taking music serious and, and seeing another side to music. And that's when we had more, I don't know, I had more pain or something in that in those years. And so I gravitated towards really underground music and hip hop. And he was really showing me hip hop and lyricists. And he's like, look at how these people rap. It's different, you know, and we, we would fuel each other in that way. And so Chase was a big part of that 16, 15, 16, 17. And that's when I was Cronus, the celestial being. And I would just make these really underground, like political songs. And uh, Chase was ahead of it, man. And so it's always pulled me in. I've always been doing it. 18 rolls around. I go to college. I'm not making music from the time I'm like 17 and 18. I go to college. I'm still not making music, but I'd go to parties. I'd get hammered or, or whatever. And I'm I'm kind of a shy guy when I'm out and about. I'm quiet. If you come talk to me or, I'll, you know, whatever, we strike up a conversation, you'd see I'm, I'm a chatter. But I don't just go up to people or anything like that. I keep to myself. And so uh, I'd go to these parties, and as soon as someone would bust out a guitar, I'd be not talking or anything at the party, just kind of chill and vibing. So, as soon as someone pulls out a guitar or something and puts a beat on and people start freestyling, guess what your boy would do? I'd go over and I'd crush every single freestyle i would crush from 18 to 24 for some reason my my freestyles were just something else dude i could freestyle like a motherfucker and so that's really what i did for for 18 19 and then around 19 20 i was like yeah, i'm gonna make music again i'm gonna start writing and that's when I started writing again, and that was the resurgence of that. And from there on, it's been – from there on, it really hit. You know, it really hit like, oh, I'm making music. I want to be a rapper. I'm going to be this big rapper and all this shit. I had this whole fucking idea of like this is what I'm meant to do. And I, you know, I was debating leaving college, but I also saw the great opportunity of being in this area. And I'm glad I didn't leave because literally the the there's music here that I'm gravitating towards and that's welcoming me in. Always has. Um, so that's just, you know, my journey as it's been. So I started doing that. I really took it serious. Somehow got to a show. My buddy Parker, shout out to Parker, father, another fellow mustache man, skateboarder. Um. Parker took me to this underground hip hop show that was going on in the area. And this was when I maybe around 21. This is after Chase passed away. So I was like even more deeply in tune with it, with, with music and um, really uh, vision, clear vision of what I want to do and what I want to achieve with my life. And what, what do I, yeah, what I have to leave behind. That was what hit me the biggest. Wow. You know, what do I, I have to leave something really good behind for, for legacy's sake, for the homie, you know, 
for myself, for the, for everything. And so that's when it really hit hard, all of that. And, um, Parker took me to the show and it was called Lords of the Undersound. And it was in this little garage, um, unit thing. Actually a homie has a studio around there. Um, the homie Tony and, uh, they had these two units and they just had a full blown show in there. And it was such a trippy vibe in there, like old timey staticky TVs and black light and all these lights. It was like a garage. (laughs) It was sick. And it had a little stage and, uh, it was all these rappers going up. It was, um, shark Anthony. It was drone phonetic. It was six Cardinal. It was, um, no emotion, gold mask. And I saw this show and I was just like, wow. And on, I'm seeing everyone fucking vibing and it's packed and, I'm seeing these rappers that are really good and lyricist and I was I was blown away. And I just walk up to I think it was Shark. I think I walked up to cuz there's key people and the key people really you know, they're all still homies and and have become homies. These became became peers of mine. Um for for these people that I looked up to in a second I was like, wow, you know, and then all of a sudden a conversation and then time passes and now they're your peers. So I walk up to them and I congratulate them on the show and told them how how good it was and, you know, gave them my perspective on it. And then I would tell them, you know, I make music too. I'd love to get on a show. They linked me up with Shark Anthony. Shark Anthony listened to my stuff and he gave me a shot. He gave me a shot. And he put me on the next show. And, uh, from there on it was, you know, I think I performed at a couple more shows that they did before everyone kind of disbanded, but I've made music with six Cardinal. I've made music. I haven't made music with drone yet and he's leaving. So I need to try and make a song with him. I'd yeah, bro. I got to hit him up. Um, made music with shark. No emotion. That guy's something else. He was, he was incredible to watch live too. This dude wears a gold mask, um, like those old comedy and drama masks, and it's painted gold. And he just raps one-liners, and they're all the wildest shit you've ever heard. <laughs> it was, but there's a genius. There's a mad genius to it. And um, so that's someone you guys should also check out. No emotion, gold mask. Um, So yeah, from there on it was performing and and I think from performing with Shark got me linked up to performing at venues which got me to then realize that at venues there's open jams or at least I was lucky enough cuz this doesn't just happen I guess everywhere. It ha- it's it's like a when the stars align type of shit. You know, the right people are there and the right vibe is there and everything just like is meant to be in a sense. So, you know, being in the area, all of a sudden there was open jams that Trey started to host because before it was someone else and it would only be a jazz band. But when Trey started doing it, he started letting people go up and do their own stuff uh, and play together. Right. And it just opened the door and. So I somehow, I guess, playing at that venue, 
started going to those open jams and meeting Trey, meeting Lorenzo, meeting, starting to meet musicians and playing with musicians. Instead of playing uh, uh, beats, I started playing with musicians and they were playing, you know, I mean, this is still when I could freestyle. I don't know. Now I'm for some reason, I, I don't have and flex that muscle as much. I write more songs. I know I could still do it, but it's not at the level that I freestyled before. And at that point, I was just freestyling over anything. You could play me anything. I'll start rhyming. No problem. Um, and so that's how I, I would just go up with everyone and, and these musicians. I mean, we'd I'd play with a dude with playing the violin. And I've played with people on the flute. I played with people that came up with trumpets or saxophones. And, you know, it's something different. And um, I think that's what I'm here for is to share it. And so that's been my journey. Um, And then, you know, things happen. Venues close. Places close. People move. um, People grow. Time passes. Shit happens, you know, and um, I would perform there a lot. I think the last time I performed there was when it was a robot brewing and and that was maybe 2019 or something like that, you know, and so I was starting to have shows. I started forming a band, the homie Ben Henry, who's who plays for American Psy. And um, the homie Anthony, Tony Kunga, who has his own music and does all the sound sound for um, Subculture and, and Meisner and on Friday nights over here. He was playing drums, Ben on guitar, and Lorenzo on, on bass. And we were doing that for a little minute and, and doing certain shows that I could put together with other artists and we could use that venue or another venue. And so I was getting more involved in that. And then... Things slowed down. They have other bands. The pandemic happens. And I, you know, was in a relationship that seems to slow me down creatively for some reason. And um, that's that's been the journey. It's a, it's a push and pull thing where I'm, I'm always getting drawn back to music. It's something I got to do. So being a part of this Soul Fam stuff is is very special to me and i feel like it's all meant to be there was there's this one lady i will shout this out there's this one lady who comes out with this native american traditional flute and it is absolutely the most beautiful thing you can witness because she'll go out and she'll play it and last time she was doing it on wednesday she was playing it and would say these like uh spoken word rhymes while matt was kind of giving her a little like uh, a little melody to go off of and it was tremendous and one of the things she said uh, something about an ancient tribe you know uh the soul fan being an ancient tribe and that was a really cool line to me you know i've been thinking about that a lot <clears throat> i've been thinking about the not just the human soul, just the souls of life in general. You know, if it's a, if it is an ancestral family of some sort, and so that was, that was cool to to ponder on, uh, 
the souls and the people that you meet throughout your life is, is for a purpose. And when you're doing something you love and you feel like you're doing good and doing the best you can and being the best person you can be and taking that leap of faith, I think you see signs more clearly when it comes to things of that nature. But enough of reflecting on this um, music. It's been a long journey. It's always something that brings me back in and, and I love it. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I didn't, I'm not this huge artist or anything like that. I'm just your local artist having fun and, and expressing himself and sharing with the world. Um, speaking on the world, though, we've had those hurricanes in the past month. We had a, the hurricane that really fucked up Fort Myers and Puerto Rico lost power, but Puerto Rico always loses power. It rains hard over there. You lose power. It's just a faulty energy grid that's outdated, you know. Um, but I do have family in Puerto Rico, and they were struggling with the with the whole light situation, and then water got shut off. But luckily, you know, everyone mostly lives in places with generators, and I was in contact with my family, and everyone was good. It was good to hear that everyone was safe and doing well. But yeah, man, Puerto Rico's just outdated the the energy grid, and so that's really got to change. It's got it definitely needs a facelift. The whole area, it really needs some new structure to it to to bring it because it really could be such. A, it, people do, you know, go there and and probably have business there or you know just go there for leisure. But it really could be. If if it's as if it could be as modern as Florida, where it's reliable, you know the roads are reliable, the energy's reliable, the water's reliable. If it's if it's got fucking that type of infrastructure, it could be people could go there all the time, and it would really bump up tourism. It would probably bump up business. It would bump up life in general. If people aren't fucking struggling to just have a home and live, you know, because I think about, I think about Puerto Rico and I haven't been back in a couple years and I have family. And one of my goals growing up was always, oh, I want to have a house in Puerto Rico too. So, you know, you always have a house back at home. That's my homeland. And I really would like to have that. But it's also like my parents moved for a reason. They got the fuck out of there for a reason. And I kind of see now as I'm older why. And I'm very grateful. But it's also like that's our home. And it's still got mad potential and it's still beautiful. And there's, you know, our families there and our roots were there. And so I'd love to have a home out there. But you need water. <laughs> you need electricity. I, I don't know. And Fort Myers got hit hard with the with the hurricane. And I have my homie Parker, who I was talking about earlier. He lives out there. It got a little flooded for him, but he's more inland. And so he didn't really get hit like that. But, wow. That's what's going to happen to coastal Florida is the problem. 
That's what's going to happen. Uh, the The tides are going to rise. Storms like that are going to bring massive surge of water. And it's only a matter of time if one hits this coast, that'll happen in this coast for sure. I had a geology professor in college who every single time we walked into class, he would remind us that Florida is going to be underwater in 30 years. I remember that very vividly because he would do it every time. (laughs) Every time we'd start a lesson, it would somehow turn into, and this is the reason why Florida is going to be underwater in 30 years. And that was 10 years ago now. Um, if yeah, if you look at that island, it's pretty underwater. You know, it's just gonna slowly take over, take over. That's what the earth does, right? That's what the earth does. It shifts. Everything starts shifting. The deserts were once great oceans. Isn't that wild? Right? The deserts were once great oceans. So that's what the earth does. Um, I think it'll be more coastal. I, I don't I don't think it'll be the entire half of Florida is, is, is underwater. I think it's going to be the coast of Florida. All the beaches right now are going to start gaining more water as time goes on. And it's going to just take it over a little bit and then it might be little strings of islands you know what i mean with land masses under whole buildings under imagine that i don't know if that'll happen in my lifetime but you know i could see it happening for sure next give it 50 years you never fucking know it's if we don't do this we don't blow each other up from the war it's a nuclear war that we always have a threat of. I don't even think about that. You guys see what I'm thinking about. I think about life uh, doing what you like to do, you know. That's it. That's the last thing I want to think about is war, impending war, nuclear war, just a giant atomic bomb blasting off everything. Imagine. Why do humans do that? What is what what is in our nature to do that? Um it's bananas. It's bananas when you think about the world. But there's also lots of great good. And it's crazy because in other areas right now, something wild is happening. While I'm sitting here talking about just being so blessed, something you know, out of hell is happening somewhere to somebody. It's terrible. I don't know. I guess it's it's always good to keep in mind what else is happening and, and the possibility of what, what else could happen. Not necessarily trip over anything because we're over here. I'm over here right now, you know. I'm not seeing that right now. Maybe one day I'll... We'll see that or see something that I'm supposed to see. But it's good to keep in mind and and I guess good to keep in your thoughts and prayers almost just to keep a an empathetic thought that that's somewhere someone might be suffering and and to keep that in your prayers, you know.
for them. Um, yeah, what else happened, man? Let's see if I could just drift away from this existential <laughs> thought. Um, yeah, I went to Halloween Horror Nights not too long ago. I was excited for Halloween Horror Nights, man. I was fucking excited for Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, I did have a good time. I did have a great time. But I was, I've been before. And I know what they do before and, and how it's been in the previous years. And I don't know. I was a little, I was a little let down. I got to be honest with that, with Halloween Horror Nights. I was, I was a little let down with the amount of people working the, the thing. I don't think they were working. <laughs> there, there weren't as many people working. It could be people don't work those shit, that shit anymore, you know, or they just didn't want to hire. But they're making the money to hire. That's for sure. They're charging you thirty to park. You're getting there. You already paid a hundred bucks for your ticket. You know, I drove. I this is this was my day. I went to work, left work, did a skate class for an hour. Five o'clock, went home, showered, grabbed my cat, drove from uh, West Palm to Orlando. Got to Orlando, dropped off my cat. And dipped over to Halloween Horror Nights. Didn't get there till 9.30. I get there at 9.30. Um, uh, I finally park up, right? They put, you do the 30 foot park and you get in there. Giant parking lot. Everyone's parking. There's people like waving you over to park at places. I park up and I brought two beers with me. I was like, yes, I'm going to pregame this these beers so that I don't have to spend $15 a beer, you know? Just pregame these, no problem. I parked up, turned off the car, started chugging the beer. All of a sudden, this fucking rent a copper. I thought it, it looked like a real ass cop, the, the gear, but then I started thinking that was some fucking universal ass cop. He came up and he was like on his bike and he started shining his light in my car as I'm drinking this beer. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, are you serious? I just got here. And, um, we I get out of the car and I'm just like, hey man, and he's like, hey, I'd, so you're not in trouble. Just need you to dump out the beer. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. you got ID? Yeah, you 21? Yeah. And I was kind of tripping. I was like, oh my god, how did? Come on, just got here. So he goes, it's no problem. I dump out the beer, and then the girl I was with, she comes around and we start walking. And we're both kind of tripped out. And I was like, uh, I was like, well, they're looks like they're doing pretty good on the scaring so far, you know. They're fucking working well here, right? That was the biggest scare of that night was that fucking cop. And so uh, we start, we we get there, we have to get our tickets from this little kiosk thing that you swipe, and of course that takes a fucking minute. We're, I get in at ten, maybe. As soon as I get in, this fucking guy. <laughs> comes up and he starts pressuring this uh survey on me he's like you can do service like sounded like that i'm like oh my god i'm just trying to get in here you know i'm just trying i'm doing it and i'm like do i need to do this no you don't really need to i was like yo bro and i just fucking he wouldn't leave it and so i just clicked some random shit and i walked away i was like i cannot believe that every single obstacle in my way is, is getting me from being here. 
like i'm just i got oh i had to take a piss that's what it was i was like dude i you don't you know he's like making me do this and i'm like dude I just drove fucking three hours. I've waited another two hours to get in here. I have to take a wicked piss. And you're preventing me from that. Now I have to be an asshole and walk away from you, you know? <laughs> so we get in there. And, and yeah, you know, back in the day, they used to have a ton of um, a ton of people scaring you and a ton of scare zones and fog machines everywhere. And so you people would just be like hiding in corners and they just rah, pop out of, you know, freak everyone out. But they had like 30 people per scare zone. Now you walk in and you have three, four people per scare zone walking around. You see it coming and they don't even, they're not even doing up the fucking get up either. They're not making these get ups like really cool. The set designs are not, what they used to be, it's more more um, Halloween storish, you know, type of stuff. And I was just like, huh. They're totally cracking mad money. And then you go in there and you pay fucking 30 bucks to just have two drinks. And um, yeah, man. it's like they're making mad money. What? Why can't they hire more people to fucking do this or 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 pay them more or invest in it a little more? I don't know. I was kind of let down. But what I did do the next day, which was the money well spent, was uh, Medieval Times. So Medieval Times is this place where you have a full course meal where you eat like Medieval Times and you sit with a house like when you get there they're like you're you're from the greenhouse and so you go over to the greenhouse and you sit there with everybody else and you have a big mug that they just keep refilling and they just keep, keep giving you food i had a fucking chicken soup sausage all this shit right and you're watching people joust on horses, boom, right? Getting knocked off horses, and then they grab their weapons and run at each other and start swinging weapons at each other or doing all sorts of games, you know, throwing the javelin at a, at a target, and you're just uh, cheering for your house, right? And uh, the house that we got sat at, the Green Knight, he fucking won. He won the whole showdown. At the end, it's just like this big free-for-all fight, and then... Yeah, it was it was tight. It, that was what money well spent, you know. I was a king of the realm at that point, you know. So much more fun. And you got to eat. I think I got sick from that place, though, to be honest with you, because we sat down and it's like I was looking for utensils everywhere. And, and it's like I'm noticing everyone's just eating with their hands, bare chicken carcass with their hands. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? They totally had utensils. You're telling me these guys that make swords didn't make a fucking spoon, right? So you're eating <laughs> you're eating this shit with your hands, and I knew it. Even though I washed my hands and shit, I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm just going to get sick from eating with my hands right now. And I totally got sick after that. Could have been the thought of it, too. I had a gnarly sore throat after that. Um, But all in all... It was a great time. It was a fucking great time. And uh, I wanted to do that one for a while. And I'm, I'm, I'll do it again. Shit. I'll do it again with some homies. Go out there. Get hammered. 
Oh. Anyways, it's it's been a good month. <sighs> Thoughtful for the people also, you know, or sending thoughts to, to the people that haven't had a good month, the people that have lost their homes, the people that um, are struggling over there right now from that. That's a terrible tragedy, you know, natural events that could just uproot and take your home. I do have a family member up in Orlando who lost her apartment. It's flooded, you know. Um, so sometimes, you know, you think things happen for a reason. And then you also think, fucking, why is this happening? This can't be for a reason. I mean, that's some biblical shit. When when, you, when you, your new home gets taken from a flood, that's some biblical shit right there. I'd think of something else. I don't know. You lose everything? That, that must be so terrible. But it also shows you, you know, you have your life. You still have all the potential in the world. And though you don't have material things, maybe, maybe these material things really aren't everything, you know? Great tools for us to pass our information, you know? Me with this music equipment and, and recording device and everything microphone and you know great tool to pass information technology that's what it is a great tool to pass information um, because it could it has the potential to exist far beyond our lifetime if it doesn't get demolished if it doesn't get solar flared <laughs> right and we can't take any of the material with us when we go either you know so it's just something something deep to think about you know to think about those others other people that are not having such a good time um but thank you i really appreciate all of you for tuning in and supporting my podcast and supporting my voice and supporting the music and supporting the art and my goal is to share that passion with all of you and to bring positivity out into the world and to do what I can to help out and, and become as successful as I can to be able to help out more. All right. Thank you. Thank you to Soul Fam. Um, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Take care. Yeah. Motherfucking ghost child. Roman is yeah. stoic. Motherfucking ghost child. Ever since a kid, I knew the most. This lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Even through my music, even when I'm a ghost. Ever since a kid, I knew the most. This lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose I'ma go and get it, watch my money grow Living through my music, even when I'm a girl I'ma show you all what you wanna be I'ma show you all what you wanna see I'm the one you call for the final thing So before I fall, I'ma spread my wings Baby, I'm a ghost child, ghost child, yeah 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 Baby, I'm a ghost child, yeah Go wild, no lie, so high, I go through the sky 
the rapper scrutinize. Wet cats move aside. Watch me make it happen with the tools I utilize. So who am I? Who am I? Got your chick singing ooh la la. This is true confidence. Don't mistake it for foolish pride. To me, this is do or die. I'm just too damn high. Until I rise, you cannot deny that I be sick with it. Still lifting and kick flipping. Don't be surprised when your chick's missing. She's at my studio watching me keep ripping every single track that Trey's mixing while I got their feet kicking. <laughs> I keep hitting like cricket. I'm never missing on point with my precision. Don't toy with competition. I'm poised, ready to get it. It is my choice to bring you this noise, and I don't regret it. I'm in it with every sentence, 'cause ever since a kid I knew them all. This lifestyle is wild, but it's a path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Even through my music, even when I'm a ghost. Ever since a kid I knew them all. Lifestyle is wild, but it's the path that I chose. I'ma go and get it. Watch my money grow. Living through my music, even when I'm a girl. I'ma show you all what you wanna be. I'ma show you all what you wanna see. I'm the one you call for the finer things. So before I fall, I'ma spread my wings, baby. I'm 